Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. I had this marketing business. It was great. I'm good at it. But what can I do, you know, with just a little shift in focus and make things so much more amazing and, you know, it's fulfilling. And it's just been from that ugly, awful thing came this wonderful thing. And I just love it. I never would have thought that that would happen the day that I missed those four phone calls, you know, I never would have seen that. And it took me a while to see that, but it was, it was that process. So I. Hey, Rudder Nation, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to be joined by JoLynn Armstrong, founder of Grapevine Mindware, and she's going to share with us about, actually, we're going to discuss about, you know, like the new American dream. What does freedom look like today? And we're going to talk about a marketing firm that she and her husband run, helping small business owners, specifically in the home improvement space, uh, take themselves out of their business and work on it as opposed to always in it. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to talk about a catastrophe that hit not only her life, her husband's life, but more specifically her son's life when he went from a thriving career to being a felon in prison. And that shook everything up. It shook up his life. It shook up her life. She lost business. She lost friends. And she had to organize her life again to live her best life, be there for her son, and help others. So if you've experienced anything like that, where you've gone through a trauma of some kind and you found the ones you needed the most turn their backs on you, how do you regroup from that? Well, we're going to talk about that. So Sit back and relax unless you are, I don't know, um, I can't think of anything. So just sit back, relax, listen to the show. Here we go. All right. Hey, Lynn, how are you doing over there in Colorado? Oh, I'm fantastic, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, before we hit record, I had asked you where you're living and something you noticed that I just now realized because you pointed it out to me is that a lot of our guests have been somewhat nomadic in their lifestyle lately. And and I was like, huh, that's so weird because I don't purposefully go look for that. But I guess deep down, I like to travel and somehow that it by talking to these types of guests, it, it gives me that that sense that I'm living vicariously through them, which is totally against what the show is about. But um, thanks for pointing that out. And uh, I'll have to have a conversation with my wife and, and see what we do about the travel piece. But uh, thanks for calling in from Colorado. And uh, yeah, the, how are things in your neck of the woods right now? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's kind of funny. It seems as if lately the, you know, the American dream is to get away from the American dream a little bit right? and be, you know, out there and mobile. And um, yeah, I think the, the pandemic maybe has increased that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I mean, I started living nomadically long before that. And actually it had the opposite effect on me. I've 
I decided to pandemic in Colorado. So I've been <laughs> here. I've been here through that time, but it's previously just really a summer spot for yeah. me usually because uh, I'm not a fan of snow. But um, it's it's been a it's been a wonderful place. Colorado is so beautiful um, year round, really, if you don't mind the snow. But um, <laughs> so yeah. The cool thing about the American Dream, if we just park here for a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. but not too long, because you know squirrels will hit, and we'll just move on to the next <laughs> <Right>. topic. Um, <laughs> But the American dream, you know, has evolved over time. You know, I think there was that time where it was all about land ownership, having your own farm and being self-sufficient or self, um, yeah, self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And then it, I guess the industrial age, it was all about uh, having the home, the white picket fence, the nuclear family. I guess that was more 1940s, 1950s. Mm-hmm. And now it is about, you know, just not being tied down and not feeling stuck in a cubicle your whole life or stuck in an office or stuck in a, you know, at, at a fry station flipping burgers, you know, whatever it is to not be stuck. And But I think the the common theme across the, the those ages is freedom, you know, to have yes. the freedom to do what it is you want to do and the freedom that you feel called to go pursue. Right. Yeah. Well, and freedom looks like at the end point a little bit differently to a lot of people, but sometimes we get that societal definition of freedom and it, yeah, it feels like, um, you know, sometimes we latch on to that because we're just not sure we don't do the work ourselves to find out what that is for, for us. Right. So it's like, Oh yeah, everyone's doing this. I'm going to do this too. But um, yeah, for me, there, it was always an itch to um, kind of be a little bit nomadic. I I'm, I'm what I call a slow traveler. So my husband and I will spend a season here, a season there, and we love springtime. So we'll go high in the high in the um, no, it's the opposite direction. Well, anyway, we'll chase spring, right? Yeah. So we'll <laughs> spring hits at this elevation and then we move to the next elevation and hit spring there. And um, yeah, go from low to high and see like everything blooming as uh, for as long out of the year as possible. Uh, we did that a couple of years. So now, had you lived like that ever since you became empty nesters or has this just been part of your lifestyle before that even? Yeah. So I have um, three kids and when my youngest, I did kind of kind of subtle when, when they were, especially in high school, like high school, they really want, you know, they got their friends and whatever. So we, I was, I parked in Colorado (laughs) while they were going through school. And then my youngest son graduated. And then he and my husband and I all moved out of our house the same day, like literally the same day. (laughs) So like, okay, I'm done with you guys. You guys settle where you're at and I'm off. And so, um, my kids got to worry about mom while they're in this like settled, you know, traditional, more traditional lifestyle. And I'm, I'm out there. So, yeah, that's um, kind of what we're doing too. Our, my youngest just went off to college and my wife moved up here. I've been commuting between Dallas and Corpus Christi for a little bit. And like one of the, one of the first things I started talking about is life as empty nesters. Whereas my wife, I mean, she was still kind of grieving. I'm a, a baby girl is back yeah. home in college and, and I miss her too. It's just, yeah, I guess I was looking forward, like, oh, we get to travel when we want, where we want, how we want, all that is there, and we can always go back and see the kids, and uh, right. we also kind of did it backwards, you know, most of the time the kids leave, go off to college, and leave the parents behind, 
And we flipped it. We're like, we're leaving the kids behind. We're going out of town. That and is so- exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I did. So you and I are kindred spirits that awesome. way. But there is, yeah, there is a grieving component to that for there sure is. for empty nesters, you know. And um, trust me, once she gets, to, she's got to get through that in her own time. But when she does, yeah, you guys yeah. will be. Nice. <laughs> It'll be different. I don't know how you take a podcasting studio on the road, but I know you're probably going to. For you, Jolyn, you you currently work. And you run a business as a life coach who specializes in like mental trauma or emotional trauma that people experience. But your life before that was as a business coach. So you're helping people, I believe, in the, the realm of marketing or you had a marketing business. Um, so I guess going from this talk about freedom and independence and then you got this business as a business coach, which I assume was also helping business owners gain or leverage their business to create that same kind of freedom. Tell us about what that business was like before you became the trauma life coach that you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, my husband and I, I, I'm so lucky I get to work with my absolute best friend. I've got just an awesome, awesome husband. And he and I built um, this marketing business together. And you're right. We did a lot of coaching. We still have that business. We still do it. Love it. Um, To this day, we we mostly work with home services businesses. So folks who, you know, um, install carpeting or blinds or paint, um, those kinds of things. And we help them. I mean, that's a very kind of labor intensive kind of a business and business owners are very often like in it, right? They're in their business. It's running them. They're not running it a lot of times. And so we would help them, um, not only establish marketing that would kind of be evergreen and help them that way. Um, but, really structure their business so that they could have a little bit more freedom um, or focus on other pieces to grow that business, whichever, you know, whatever they decided um, they wanted to do. And we'd help them decide that as well, like really do that work that we mentioned earlier, yeah. right. That, that it takes to really see what you want to want to do. And oh boy, we loved that. And it gave us the freedom too. that's, we could travel anywhere. We did it from the road, different places. We don't have an RV. I don't think that would work for <laughs> us for lots of reasons, but, um, we need our separate spaces and all of that. But, um, end of my work day, I'm, you know, neck deep in travel plans, making sure dinner arrangements are made in Las Vegas and all of that. And I look and I'm like, I have, I don't know, four or five missed calls on my phone and from a number in Colorado that I didn't recognize. And my son at the time was in the military stationed in Colorado, um, oddly enough. And I thought, oh no, he's being deployed. And this is like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm getting these because that was my biggest fear in the whole wide world was him being deployed. And I thought, this is it. This is it. And I missed four calls in a row from him. Oh no. And I play the first voicemail because each call had a voicemail. I play the first voicemail and it wasn't from the military or my son in the military. It was from, um, it's like a mechanical recorded voice saying I've got a collect call coming in from Uh, a County jail in Colorado. Oof. Yeah. And then, then there's my son's voice saying his name and it was, it rocked my world. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, that day I knew my life was changed forever, forever. Cause how do you, yeah, <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, It's a big deal. Um, and so we, you know, it was kind of a whirlwind the next, um, six or eight months going to, um, you know, attorney meetings and hearings and all of that and talking with his commanding officers in the military and just, Oh, it was, it was a nightmare. And it really knocked, as a mother, it knocked me to my knees. Like I'm, you know, you go from this idyllic life to, 
oh my gosh. And I didn't know how bail bondsmen's work. Like, how does it <laughs> work? I had no idea to learn all this oh, stuff. And, and oh, by the way, it's too late to cancel that intensive. I can't like stop all my top clients from that. Everyone's made their plans already. So we had to do that. Oh, it was just, it was a oh, mess. Oh man. And that I bet you mess. struggled with bringing your best self to that group because Ooh. you've got this real world thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. How it did was, you pull that off? Or you didn't? Well, um, <laughs> I, I did, there was, there's one, I guess, I guess I'd say God and my husband, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. That's the only way he stepped up. He took over most, um, and uh, you know, you can interchange between God and my husband. He took over somebody a helped. lot of somebody things. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And so, um, I, we actually wound up having to cancel that program. Like we finished out that year. We had one more intensive planned and then we had, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that to my clients, you know? And so, um, that's, you know, that's one way trauma really, I mean, and I really was traumatized. It took me a while to realize what, what trauma actually is and how it affects you. And for me, it was like, I'm not, I'm not traumatized because I know like having a son in the military, you know what I mean? That's some of the things that they go through. That's trauma. Not, not what I've gone through. It's ridiculous. And so that denial for a long time kept me from healing. And so it took, it took a while just to accept it and then to learn how to get past that and get back. But in the meantime, while I'm in that denial, everything gets wrecked, right? I, my business gets affected because I can't show up for my clients the way I should. So I've got to cancel. That was my most profitable like product. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to cancel that. And so, um, I think ultimately that allowed me to save that business, um, in the end, because I could, I, you know, what I had, I could give to, um, the other pieces of the business, yeah. but how hard was it to say no to that part of the business that you had to shut that down? Like, was there a part <sighs> of you that wanted to keep holding on to that? Like, no, 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 that's the cash towel. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Uh, yeah, totally. And well, so, um, you know, I, I live what I teach. And so I have always had a business coach as well. And so I'm talking to my business coach about it. Like, hey, outside perspective, what do I do here? And I initially, well, right after this happened, I hired somebody to help me like take on a lot of the logistics of planning. So and I thought maybe I could save that program that way. And I tried that and it still wasn't enough and I've still got to show up. And so my coach said, listen, <laughs> we, we got to just cut it just cut it and don't, don't renew it at the next season. And so that's what we did. It was, that was hard. That was really, and we had to adjust a little bit because it was like that, you know, the, but I mean, it, it 
paid for our travel and it, you know what I mean? So many things. So it, yeah, that was really, really hard. And it wasn't the hardest thing I was going through at that time either. Like when you think about all of the things that were happening at that time. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> your like son my, was in uh, yeah. a judicial issue there. Uh, well, and he was, yeah, he was facing a life sentence. So I'm looking mm. at, I'm going to lose my son. Like, I'm just going to lose him. I'll never have holidays with him. Like all of these things, which is where the trauma came from, right? It, And so, so then I've got to learn because I couldn't focus on the business. Like my time is being spent just with my brain spinning and spinning and spinning and catastrophizing everything that's going to happen. And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm not being productive anyway. I better at least just learn what's going on with me and why I'm like, I can't keep things together because I'm a pretty organized person. Like I'm pretty productive normally. Right. And why is this affecting me? And in my studies, I've seen, um, and now, you know, now helping others too, people come to me like, I can't believe this is my life. Like why I look at other people still being productive in this world. Why am I being brought to my knees over things that I shouldn't be, you know, and that's a really common thing, especially with high producers, right? People yeah. who, yeah, it's like, what? I've done what everything is right. Going- What's going on here? Yes. And I, I'm capable, like I'm not, what is this? And so what we don't realize is, is trauma is pretty insidious that way. It can sneak in. It's it, for me, it was this like catastrophic sudden event. Um, but for a lot of people, it's, um, over time, this drip of events happen and it's, it results in the same thing. Yeah. That's it's the rut. trauma. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at this, when I learned the definition of trauma, it, it really helped me to realize that, okay, this is what's going on. And so when it's, when it's not, you know, it can happen to you and me and, and normal people, quote unquote, air quotes here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so trauma really is just, it's an outside event or circumstance. So that's the first event. It's something outside that you don't have control of um, that overwhelms your ability to deal with it. And that causes trauma. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a one-time event. It can be circumstances, you know, and folks are coming to me with, um, with issues now, like I, I am terrified because I don't, I can't pr- uh, provide for my family right now. I, my, I've lost my business through this whole, you know, pandemic thing that's going on and, you know, lockdowns and then, okay, I can open up for a little bit and then lock down again. And I can't get the, the supplies that I need to continue running my business. And, you know, here's my children are looking at me like, you know, keep us in this home and keep food on the table, please. And I don't know if I can do that. And when that goes on, especially over this extended period of time, how, you know, how can we not be traumatized over that? Especially when that's our identity. Like I'm a a parent, I provide for my family. I, you know, insert all of those things there when that's taken away from you, in spite of all of your efforts and all of your great efforts, you know, and um, that, that is definitely traumatizing for a lot of people. And so, and that's not something that I anticipate going away anytime soon. Like we're still, we're going to feel the effects of this, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 The supply chain issues really at this point too. It's just, it's all, it's all there. Yeah, There's a whole recovery phase of post pandemic that we haven't even mm-hmm. thought about yet. You know, like things have shut down and now the impacts are coming. Um, yeah. The working shortages, uh, 
I mean, I, I remember from different HR conferences I've gone to that there is going to be a labor shortage in America. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. That's like 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And then this pandemic hits. It's like, oh, no, we're looking at now, Ooh. now. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it got here a lot faster, you know, uh, yeah. you know, where some organizations accelerated their goals because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, some issues also got accelerated because of the pandemic, because you know, yeah. some folks were like, do I need to work in a, a corporate office anymore? Do I need to work in a physical, traditional brick and mortar type of place? I could do favor and earn just as much. I could do Uber and have the flexibility I need to be there for my kids or to be there for my family or just to right. go travel. And so people are finding new ways to do freelance work and make up that difference. And I don't think corporate America or corporate world has figured out a solid strategy to leverage freelance workers just yet, but they're no. here. Yeah. Right. I know. Well, and it's almost like if I can tie this into what you were talking about earlier, um, you, as your kids have, you know, been advancing towards college age and whatever you're looking forward to, Ooh, we can do all these things and freedoms and whatever your wife has on the other hand, been like, no, I'm a mother, I have these children and a daughter, especially, right. We always worry more about our daughters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but your, your ability to kind of look ahead and say, listen, yeah, this is our life. This is, has been our identity, but also let's look at possibilities in the future with the situation we have now. Right. And so I think the same thing can kind of happen with, with business owners and well, even if you're not a business owner, you're, you know, um, trying to work in this economy, whatever, uh, you know, this has been my identity. I have gone to this job and, or run this business. And this is what I've been this whole time. And it's really not feasible in this new world. That's all of a sudden on us or has evolved like fast forward (laughs) on us. And so looking ahead and saying, okay, actually, this is what I can do now. Let me, let me, mourn what I've lost here a little bit, but also let me look forward to what it can be is, is something that's super difficult for a lot of people, especially if you've been really proud and identified with, with what you've been doing. Um, so for that, I mean, through my trip, my transition was super sudden, but, um, through that, I was so glad that I had an outside perspective that I trusted that business coach that I had, I was like, Oh man, thank Okay. Yeah. When he said, you've got to let go of this piece of your business and therefore we're going to have to make some adjustments all across the board. And he helped me do that. And we did it and succeeded through it. But for me, I, I didn't want to let that go. And it was, it was super difficult, right? It was like, it was like a mother not wanting to let go of her kid. Who's going to college who it's happening. It's happening, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, that, I think that that outside perspective is such um, such a valuable piece. Um, and podcasts like yours is, can, can be one of those ways. Like we listen to, um, your perspective and your guest perspective and, okay, well, maybe I can do this, but I think that that kind of looking forward is so necessary right now. You know, Yeah, one of the reasons I started, well, I helped start beyond the rut. There were three of us in the beginning, uh, 
the idea was that no one of us on that team was the end-all be-all for everybody's solutions, but we could at least bring together the folks who had that insight, who had that experience. And the themes that we just structured them in were, you know, the, the five Fs, the your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and your outlook on future possibility uh, so that you can pursue your dreams and not compromise your faith, your family, your, or your health. That's great. And so, you know, going through these these moments where you're going down that that path you think you were supposed to go on or you're climbing the corporate ladder, uh, I think that might be one. You're, you're climbing that career ladder, that forward progression, and then something somewhere comes out and just knocks that ladder from underneath your feet. Now what? You're, you're hanging right. on <laughs> to, to whatever ledge you could grab before you hit the, the ground and died. Um, mm-hmm. And so your choices are, do you keep climbing? Do you convince somebody to put a ladder back underneath you? That's going to be a challenge. Um, I'm speaking in metaphors here, but hopefully it makes sense to you out there. Uh, maybe you trust somebody to catch you underneath and you just start all over in a different direction. And uh, Or maybe it, you notice where you're hanging, there's this cool window to climb through and it's going to be all the difference in the world and you never expected it. Uh, what that means to you, go for it. Uh, I'm going to sort this out later. Like, what did I just say? <laughs> no, I think that's beautiful. I actually think that's beautiful. I think, I think that um, what I, what I heard from that is keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Even if you are hanging from a rung of a ladder, look around you, yeah. what, you know, what is there still? It's, it's the, the not giving up piece and like not giving in. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to look for whatever is around me. And if it is an open window over there, I'm scrambling to it. Yeah. And so that, um, yeah, that, that's, that's beautiful. And I think the way that the reason why that came to mind is because when you have that outside force come and impact your life in that way, Mm -hmm. there is that moment of panic. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I'm going to die. No, 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 no. But you don't see those other opportunities until you take that moment to kind of center yourself, take that deep breath and kind of yeah. look up and look around. And then you're like, wait, there's a ledge here I can stand on. Wait, there are yeah. people down below who can catch me and help me start over. Wait, there's a window open. Wait, I'm not that far from the top. Let me just keep going. Um, but mm-hmm. that is very real to what we experience. I mean, you experienced it when your son got into trouble and, you know, mm-hmm. that threw a curveball and a wrench into things you had going and at some point, though, you were able to take that step back, still deal with the thing that your family is going through and redefine your business structure at the same time. So now you're moving forward in a different path. Uh, so what was that aha moment for you where you knew you had to like close certain spots up in your, your business coaching uh, business and then start transitioning into a life coach who helps people go through their emotional trauma? So what was that pivotal moment for you? Like, your, your transition or your transformation that you had gone through? I think there were a couple of moments. I think it was a little bit of a progression. One, I realized um, what trauma is and how pervasive it is and how much more common it is. You know, I thought I was, I thought, again, I, it was, would be disrespectful to even consider it to be trauma, knowing what some people go through. And it's, you know, so um, that realization. And then as I started diving in, like I dove in full force on what, what is this thing called trauma and how, you know, what does it do and how do we recover from it? And then as I started recovering from it and I started like, um, noticing, oh my gosh, this, this world that we're in, it's 
kind of traumatizing to some folks, you know, and there's a lot of us out there. And in talking, like I, I went through, I used um, a therapist, I used a therapy route um, to, to kind of recover from this. And my therapist is like, you know, you really have you've already got the coaching thing down, but you've really got deepened your understanding and you've got this gift of connection with people. Um, you, you really need to, to, to maybe look at that. Right. And she kind of gave me that nudge and I started looking and I thought, yeah, yeah, I am a, a person that can do that and can lend that perspective. I chose coaching rather than therapy as a modality that I use because coaching allows me to really connect on a more personal level, which is the way to heal trauma. Like I had other people that I could connect with, but trauma is the great isolator, right? It causes us um, to really fold in on ourselves. That's kind of the natural, one of the main natural responses to it for lots of reasons. But um, coaching allows me to really connect with those people that come to me for help and then provide that fresh perspective for them. And so that's, I mean, for me, this horrible event really opened up this beautiful, beautiful thing that I can do. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't help people. Okay. And so, and it was kind of in my natural vein. So for me, it was this, I had this marketing business. It was great. I'm good at it. But what can I do, you know, with just a little shift in focus and make things so much more amazing and, you know, it's fulfilling and it's just been from that ugly, awful thing came this wonderful thing. And I just love it. I would never would have thought that that would happen the day that I missed those four phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) I never would have seen that. And it took me a while to see that, but it was, it was that process. So I think seeing long, super long winded answer (laughs) to your question of, um, it was just seeing how, what the need is Mm -hmm. and that that I have the skill set to, to help there. And there's something a pastor of mine, uh, said all the time is that your misery becomes your ministry as well. Mm -hmm. So that pain you've trans transgressed trans, whatever you've gone through there, (laughs) that valley you've gone through (laughs) becomes the thing you're called to be a guide to help other people come through as well. I mean, it's probably why we see a lot of substance abuse counselors who were previously or still, I mean, I guess they always say they're addicts, even though they've recovered and they Mm -hmm. are beating the addiction, they're still struggling with that addiction because the the brain has been rewired now, but it's not uncommon to see, yeah, substance abuse counselors who were also uh, active addicts. addicts. Yeah, that they're recovered addicts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I used to work in a battered women's shelter as a community educator. And there were quite a few counselors or even, um, uh, what did we call them? They were the advocates who in some point in their lives had experienced and overcome and recovered from uh, abuse in their own lives. And so Mm -hmm. there's that passion there. And, you know, I see a lot of folks who get involved in marriage ministry to help health, you know, mar- yeah, marriages thrive and be healthy and uh, happy. And, you know, it's because they grew up in a home where there was divorce or, you know, so it's, yeah, very interesting right. that your misery can become your, your ministry and, and that, that in a sense has become the case. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what's happened. And, and, and it is, it's, it's amazing and fulfilling and that, you know, I, I help a lot of people in that 
prison space. In the United States, we have a, a huge um, prison population. It's amazing, actually, breathtaking how many people <laughs> are going through this. And it's a, yeah. it's a hugely traumatized um, uh, group of people, but also to be able to help folks who are going through it in so many other ways, yeah. you know, and we talk about the, the whole, you know, providing for your family thing through this pandemic. It's just, um, it's trauma is trauma is trauma. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know? and, if, and so if you're out there thinking, well, this is something that happened to your son. Why are you yeah. affected by it? It's like, it's really not any different than if you have a child who's in the hospital because of a, a chronic illness or a terminal illness. Uh, it's no mm-hmm. different than losing a child to a car accident. You know, those yeah. impact you. I mean, if I lost a child right now, I would be devastated. I know couples who have lost children and they're devastated and it impacted them for years. Uh, and so that I think the official term is secondary trauma because mm-hmm. it happened to somebody else. Yes. It has an impact on others around them. And that, that's not to be discounted. That, that is real. That that emotion is there. That sense of loss is real. Oh, and sure. yeah, we we ourselves have to regroup around that. And you've gone through that yourself. And, uh, you know, now, I mean, you're fortunate that you've healed, you're healing or healed from it. And now you're helping others, you know, push forward in their lives to, to get past that trauma as well. Um, so you started a company called grapevine mindware. Um, and it looks like it's like three easy steps. You start with a, a, uh, introductory call and then you come up with a plan and then there's the follow-up. Uh, I, yeah. I paraphrased like that, like crazy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on my phone, but I'm using my phone as the webcam right now. I'm like, Hilarious. I can't go reference it. It's up there. <laughs> oh, no, it's perfect. Actually, you did. You did perfectly. So that really simplifies it. You know, that's that um, trauma healing is not as simple as that, but truly um Reaching out to somebody is step one, right? If you if you reach out to me, we have a discovery call, we we get to know each other. And if we feel that connection and you feel like I can help be that kind of guide through and f- fresh perspective outside eyes, which was so helpful for me, oh my goodness, um, then fantastic. Let's make a plan together, right? That's step two yeah. is let's look at what we can what we can do. And it's not all going to happen overnight. You know, it might be depending on where you're at, it might be just kind of um offloading for you and having somebody safe to listen, you know, to listen to you. And, you know, so I really meet everyone where they're at, where are you at in this process? Cause I can, I can walk by your side, wherever you're at. And so we make that plan and then we execute that plan and work together. And I usually meet um, with my clients, depending on where they're at, you know, weekly or bi-weekly things like that. And we do it via zoom so we can talk to each other. I, I, I'm able technology is, you know, allows me to, to meet with people wherever they are and, um, have that, have, you know, kind of gain that connection there. And, um, yeah. And then we, we work through it and I stay by their side until they're back on their feet. And I just, I, it's such a beautiful process. It really is. Nice. And where, what's the website where they can go do that? I know it's grapevine mindware, but I forget yeah. it's not like dot net dot well, it's, I actually set up, your listeners can probably um, benefit from this. I set up a, a landing page just for you guys. Yay. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> it's, um, so it's grapevinemindware.com slash beyond the rut. 
So yes. (laughs) So everything there, all my contact information is there. Um, I've got some special um, goodies just for your folks there. Um, uh, You know, a free email series that may help if you're not ready to reach out to somebody yet, but you're like, well, I need, you know, I need to figure out how I can catch my breath. So there's an an email series, if that works best for you and and lots of ways to contact me as well. Um, So grapevinemindware.com slash beyond the rep. Nice. Uh, Now, before we go, are there any final words of wisdom you have for our folks listening in right now? Oh, I think, I think do um, the biggest thing that I can say is don't, um, if you if you're stuck, it, whether you're traumatized or you're just maybe maybe you don't think you're traumatized, maybe you're not, but you're just stuck. Um, don't hold back on seeking out some help. Right? You look to um, all of the other people around you. Seek a fresh set of eyes, and we're not in this alone. None of us are in this alone. Um, so don't let yourself be alone through it. Jolyn, so great to have you on the show, and I'm glad we were able to connect. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. All right. Hopefully you found value in that episode and you're already thinking of somebody you can share this with, not just for yourself, but maybe there's somebody you know who can also heal from their catastrophe, organize their lives and get back on track to living their best life beyond the rut. Now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 318. There you'll find links to JoLynn's website, that special offer that she made for just our listeners, and a few other episodes related to living that nomadic life, but thriving, and also the bails bond industry. Turns out I've interviewed a guy who owns a bail bonds business. So you can go learn about Ron Worley. Just go to beyondtherut.com slash 318, and you'll find the link to that episode as well. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.